What do living inside of a computer and building a toilet paper fort in a grocery store have in common? We'll give you a hint. Not now, but during the show. Stay tuned. Good morning and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a show about animation, writing, and today, a little bit of art direction. I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And I'm Chris Leva. Today, let's look at shows that are maybe not quite what you'd think when you think of animation. I mean, they are, but in different ways. Um, what happens if instead of drawing your characters, you do something different? What if they are... Uh, pictures of real-life objects, or if we do some kind of avant-garde, computer-based animation technology that was really cool and new about 22 years ago. <laughs> so, <laughs> today we're talking about Reboot, the animated series. <laughs> Which is a, a Canadian-American CGI animated action-adventure film. The, well, series, sorry. The very first computer animated television show. Exactly. From 1994 to 2001. Mm -hmm. Very first. Very loose 2001 at the end there. Yeah, very, very loose. Mostly 94 to like 97. 97. <laughs> <laughs> um, and what's the other one we're talking about? Um, Pickle and Peanut, which is currently runnering, runnering? <laughs> running on Disney XD. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, both these shows do something unique, and we're going to explore... Or did something unique at the time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Something, yes, what Chris said. Because right now, I, I, Reboot was ahead of its time. Mm -hmm. so. And now everything's computer animated. Mostly, yes. But keep in mind, if you're, if you're a young whippersnapper listening to our podcast... I know Younger I said young. even than Mackenzie. We're not here to pick on me. I'm here to talk about animation. We're not. I am. Ah. <laughs> okay. Go on. Um, so, Reboot, being the first computer animated show, you have to keep in mind what computer animation looked like back then. If you can picture Toy Story from 95? When's mm -hmm. Toy Story from? Disney yeah, Expert? Right around then. Mm -hmm. um, I believe it was 95. Yeah, so if you can picture the animation in Toy Story when you have a multi-million dollar animated feature versus a uh, low-budget Canadian-American TV show, you can imagine the animation difference between these two things. Yeah. Uh, so what do you do with that when you have a different art style? What are your adventures and venues writing-wise? In terms of reboot... Oh, hello, Siri. Siri is jumping out at me. She, she's like, Reboot? What? That's my favorite show. <laughs> that I would be Siri's favorite show. I think so. Oh. If they reboot, reboot, they could put Siri as a character. Oh, they have to pay for that. I'd watch that. I'd watch Siri be the hero, like some Laura Croft-ish kind of character. It could be called Siri Boot. It, it could be called that. <laughs> <laughs> that is a title that would be certainly on the table for that. Anyway, if you haven't seen an episode of Reboot, I highly encourage you to watch that. We're going to talk specifically about Season 2, Episode 5, Painted Windows. Um, the animation style, it's very... 
it's a little bit better than like what you'd expect out of an N64 game. It's a little bit smoother than that. Things are very rigid. But somehow bouncy at the same time. Yeah. Like things feel... They stretch. Yeah. It's very Looney Tunes in how they animate the characters. Like they stretch and enlarge and... Even though they are made out of metal or other things, or they seem to be textured. Yeah. They, they bounce and wiggle, but still somehow seem um, stiff. Mm -hmm. I don't know how something can be stiff and rubbery at the same time, but they pull it off. Yeah, they do. They pull it off. It's very much like a computer program. Yeah. Um, because, funny enough, Reboot is set inside of a computer. We have this cutting-edge computer-aided design technology, and we're going to make a show out of it, and our concept is going to be what is life and like inside a computer? since we're using computer animation. And this works out surprisingly well, in my opinion. Surpri I, would, I would say that it, it is surprisingly <laughs> well for what it is. Yes. Um, reboot the story of Bob, who's a guardian, mm -hmm. essentially Tron-ish. I know none of, the, none of this sounds like a computer yet, but just wait for it. Yeah, so he's a guardian who uh, helps protect the city. Um, and all the programs within it, all the bites and people mm -hmm. who are around in there. All the random throwaway side characters are like spheres and tall lines because they're zeros and ones. Right. And this is where we start getting into all the computer puns and things you can do with that. So they, being part of a computer, they are part of, uh, they do create this larger, interesting looking world. Um, and you buy it because they didn't go beyond what the technology was capable of at the time. Mm -hmm. They used that to their advantage. Oh, yeah. So just like, as you were saying earlier, Toy Story made toys instead of humans mm -hmm. because you could buy these toys and the way the toys moved, but not necessarily... If they're shiny and plastic, just like a real toy. Good exactly. job, Pixar. <laughs> there you are. <laughs> We so, saw very little humans in that movie. Yeah. Uh, human design in the first Toy Story was a little... Off. Iffy. Sid. Yeah, Sid was scary for <laughs> story reasons and visual reasons. <laughs> um, but Reboot um, is able to take that and um, the technology of the time and craft a look in a world that makes sense for what it could do mm -hmm. makes sense for what it could accomplish and having just recently watched inside out i kind of feel like the world they build is a lot like inside out where it's a lot of play on words and puns but you they're clever enough that you're mostly not sick of it that's true it just keeps going and you're like pleasantly surprised each time oh of course the villains of virus of course right and the name is megabyte which is so funny because Megabytes are so small. They're so small now. <laughs> and then uh, what is uh, the the name of the villain in this? Hexadecimal. Hexadecimal. Uh, hexadecimal. Who I love. I love Hexadecimal. Who has like the uh, actor mask mm -hmm. face. She waves her arm in front of her face and she's like a static mask. But every time she like waves in front of it or disappears from view, her facial expression changes. Which is helpful in terms of animation <laughs> now it's goes from one static image to another static image mm -hmm. she 
She is scary, though. She is scary. I will say that. They they did make a really scary villain with a really silly plot. Mm-hmm. So. It was a, this is actually the beginning. So Reboot is structured like the first season and a half is all episodic. And this is the first episode of the end of season two arc. That's all one story. Mm-hmm. And then they do a bunch of like mini arcs the next two seasons after that. This is kind of where it starts to get weird and serious. And this episode is fittingly ends that way. And the whole plot of this episode, as we're set inside this computer, this city called Mainframe, where games come down that the user plays and that the people have to win against. I'm using a lot of air quotes here. I don't know if you could hear the air quotes, but... Air quotes. <laughs> it's got a specific connotation to it. Um, in this episode, the whole plot is that Hexadecimal breaks into the archives folder, more air quotes, and uh, steals the paint program <laughs> inside the computer. Which is essentially MS Paint. And she literally paints the town red. Among other things. Among other things. She changes the texture of everything. She, she... copies and pastes people out of existence. So that was... She, you could actually uh, see the dotted lines, dotted selection lines where she selected a character, <laughs> grabbed their head, and moved it somewhere else entirely. It's MS Paint, the horror movie. That's <laughs> what it is. And it's wonderful. Which, isn't that kind of its own horror? And it's... Oh, yeah. Home place. MS Paint was pretty... Who among us has not made a bad MS Paint picture? So. And, and she does what all of us did with, with MS Paint, which is take something and just draw on top of it and ruin it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> before, you know, before Photoshop, before any of this, just... Let's just draw something on top of this. Mm-hmm. And that's what she gets. But there's like fine artwork that she changes everything into. Well, the episode progresses because it starts with like <laughs> very basic stuff. And then she has like this Mona Lisa and the scream going on. And she's like random Keith Herring textures in her part of the city. Yeah, she's captured a couple of, of these um, citizens and trapped them into paintings. And, like, as her artwork and um, Mike, is that the character's name? Yeah, Mike the TV. Mike TV. Which I can't explain. I don't know how that's computer-related. Just go with it. Yeah, he who's, I guess, like the the media player or something in this. Um, <laughs> you think they had media players in 1994. That's he, cute. I know, I know. <laughs> I, he's, he starts, uh, he's this little character that looks like a television set with eyeballs inside of the screen mm-hmm. for some reason but um he is um he's making a documentary about the artistry of hexadecimal mm-hmm. <laughs> and bob enlists him to actually help take down hexadecimal from doing her horrific art her copying and pasting and traumatizing these poor citizens of the city and everything is going. She kidnaps um, Pong? Fong? Fong. Fong. Fong is a takeoff of Pong. Yeah. Yeah. And in a horrific foreshadowing of the seriousness of Instagram art in the modern age, um, Bob and Mike do the <laughs> public access art interview with her right. about her computer art. Right. I thought it was so ridiculous at the time, but here we are with Instagram pictures and museums. Yeah. 
<laughs> so, so we're inside a computer. Now what? Now what can we do with that? Yeah, yeah. Do you think that this concept is working for them? I think it did work for them. I think it was one of the... Um, I think it did work for them in terms of what they could tell, what they could do. They created a very specific world with its own rules. Um, I mean, they were very, very loose rules, but they did create a lot of rules. But there is a wealth of language that being inside of a computer does. And the nice thing about it is most people don't know what really happens in a computer. So mm -hmm. they don't even know what terms are. So <laughs> I could see it very easily being redone now and have the horrific place called the cloud. <laughs> the cloud! No! <laughs> it's is... taking all my things! <laughs> exactly. I don't so, want my things to go to the cloud. <laughs> so this, this prison of, of the cloud... Um, <laughs> but it's like that people don't know what these terms actually mean, so they mm -hmm. could use whatever. And like Hexadecimal makes no sense as this villain name mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. There's no reason why this character has this name except Hex, maybe because she's a witch. Yeah. That's the only she thing is I can. Switch. They call her the witch a lot. So Hexadecimal. Hexadecimal. You know, Hexa percentage. <laughs> I do like that they they use this MS Paint thing to make this episode go from cute to clever to scary. Yeah. Because in the resolution, Bob copies and pastes the face off the hexadecimal. And it's like this kind of horrific moment where like her energy is like escaping her body and she's screaming. And she's begging to have her face back to contain it. and Yeah. Yeah, that was a pretty horrifying moment. Yeah. Of ripping off her face and putting it, doing what she did to everybody else, but now she's, mm -hmm. will he kill her? Will he allow her to die? Yeah, and they put it back on, but then she's like this weird... Smiley. She's very lifelike, like, curl up and like shiver for a 19... maybe 96 episode of the computer <laughs> animated TV show. But she, uh... That, that did destroy her in a lot of ways. It was almost like lobotomizing her. Mm -hmm. and, but then you get to see her watching some kind of TV with Mike. Hmm. And then her horrifying face comes back. And, and that's what then this, the rest of the arc goes into is she's like this lobotomized thing. And then it's all about this mysterious being who comes from the web. Because the web was a thing now. Right. And so the web was the horrible enemy. Yeah. And infects her. Like I said, the 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 normal the the everyday people watching this know the terms. <laughs> they don't know what any of the terms mean, but they they can see how they're playing with it. So any anything that you say where you give something a name is gonna seem clever just because the fact that you named it. Mm -hmm. it's like when you're with your friends and you just list characters or a movie and you're just so excited because hey you mentioned that thing that i know <laughs> oh my god they know what they know i can't even think of <laughs> but but you know that's, that's her name what is, is dot matrix right 
that's that's about as close as it gets and that's about as clever as it gets like, too dot is a female name what do you know what it's two things oh my god i never thought of that <laughs> one thing that I, they also did really well um being in a computer it did allow for them to have crazy camera angles yes and this is because that's really hard to animate so they were one of the first shows that really went crazy with this they went um Cinemagraphic. I mean, it was amazing. They, there's like the big shots, swooping. swooping. The the opening shot mm -hmm. is this big crane shot that's swooping through different things and getting to the city. Um, but there are great angles when uh, to show depth and actually show how dangerous something is and being able to move a move the camera quickly and. Um, that was what's really effective. It felt very, very much like a film mm -hmm. in that sense. So everything was was really well done camera wise. Mm -hmm. If not story wise, camera wise, <laughs> it was very well done and very interesting. I it was well done story wise. Well, this particular story, not every episode, but this particular, this particular story episode. one was pretty strong. I mean, you have to forgive it. You have to come in with a lot of forgiveness. You know, you have to say, oh, I forgive you, 1994, <laughs> for your technology and your limitations. I forgive you, 94. I forgive you, Canada, for your sense of humor. Right. You just have to come with that. And coming in with that forgiveness of, um, of everything, it's a, it's a good episode. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about something that's completely different in how it works and uses artistic direction. But somehow, also tied to the 90s. <laughs> <laughs> Pickle and Peanut, Season 1, Episode 25, 90s Adventure Bear. So what makes, what are the unistic, unique artistic choices in this episode? Okay, so uh, this series created by um, Noah Z. Jones. And what... He used to do something in like his show Fish Hooks, um, where it was live action stuff mixed in together with traditional 2D animation. So Pickle and Peanut, their two main characters, are actually photos of a peanut, and not a pickle, but a cucumber. Isn't pickle? It is a pickle, yes, but it's not a pickle. It's it's they took a picture of a cucumber. Well, that's cheating. This whole show um, is a lie. I didn't mean to. Apparently, in an interview, they said they rubbed it in olive oil before they took the pictures of the cucumber. This uh, the 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 actual pickles just looked a little too weird. So they did cucumber. So anyway, they um. They talk about it, Noah, Noah Z. Jones and then the uh, Joel Trussell working together on it. Um, they wanted to, quote, make something very scrappy and lo-fi, different mm -hmm. from your standard fare, end quote, from Noah Z. Jones. So, and it does feel very, very lo-fi. Yeah. It does not look or feel in story or in um, style like a show that is on Disney XD. No, I actually feel like this is the Ren and Stimpy of the modern era. Yeah. 
Like it doesn't really feel like it's for kids, but there's nothing specifically that isn't for kids in here. There's some things on the design, uh, especially as we learn through 90s Adventure Bear the Story of what it's about. There's some things on the design of 90s Adventure Bear himself as a character that feels more adult than, um, than for kids, to be honest. Well, in your notes, you, you likened it to BoJack Horseman on Netflix. Yes. Which it very much is. That washed up TV star from the 90s who's also an anthropomorphic animal. Right. And, and that, I, I don't know what else to say about that, but he's just disheveled, this bear. Um, and we get to see the opening credits to 90s Adventure Bear, which is this tailspin Chippendale Rescue Rangers hybrid thing that, that gets together. Um, and thankfully, since it's made by Disney, they won't get sued. <laughs> which is nice so they had that going for them so it's very much a Baloo-esque adventure bear mm. character well I do love the 90s adventure bear actual show title sequence because that's where we see some of the artistic choices they use more 90s colors they're brighter colors more neon right. uh, a little bit more light behind the the art as a whole of course they have the wonderful music right um, <laughs> it's a great theme song or something like that. It's very much close to that. Yeah. And I think one of the interesting artistic choices in this episode is right before they do that, they like find the VHS, Pickle and Peanut find the VHS of 90s Adventure Bear. And the shot is like an actual VHS tape in live action with the 90s Adventure Bear thing like pasted to the front of it. Like, 90s Adventure Bear, it's the VHS. I'm like, this is a real VHS. You're trying to capture the feeling of me not your primary audience on Disney XD remembering <laughs> what a VHS tape is like. Well, for, for people who have been watching Star vs. The Forces of Evil and Star Wars Rebels, are we not people who watch Disney XD? I mean, maybe, but how many... What percentage of the Disney XD audience has had a VHS tape in their possession? That's true. And not at a Goodwill store? That's true. Uh, probably very few. Yeah. Probably very few. Uh, which is the whole reason why I chose this episode, because I said, 90s Adventure Bear, what the heck does that mean? <laughs> and I felt it went along very well with our 90s uh, reboot. So, 1994 yeah. reboot. But what was going on in 2D animation in the 90s, which was bright and same... <laughs> Some of the same old, but the storytelling was a little bit bigger, a little bit more epic, a little more grand. Mm -hmm. um, choosing to take older characters and put them into adventure stories, which adventure was very big. Mm -hmm. um, when you had DuckTales and Tailspin and uh, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. I and mean, other things Chris didn't like. And other things I was impartial to. <laughs> <laughs> that I loved uh, <laughs> a lot. Um, but it, it doesn't feel like something that's on Disney X. Like, it doesn't feel like a Disney show. No. Um, this I think this was your note. That it feels like some kind of late night show that... It reminds me a lot of... Um, I forget the name of the Adult Swim cartoon. It's not really a cartoon. I don't know what to call it. It's the, the Mike and Tim Awesome Show or whatever it is, where it's like the, the blue pencil drawing of the characters set in real life backgrounds. Hmm. 
It's not a kid's show. I have to preface that. Not a kid's show. Yeah. Well, you said Adult Swim. Yeah. And hopefully people who <laughs> listen to this it's show... It's more adult than some of the other Adult Swim cartoons we might talk about, though. Okay. <laughs> um, I haven't watched it much. It's the for... deep end of the Adult Swim. Yeah. It's... It's the, the part of the pool that connects to the ocean. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so it's a Vegas pool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What pool in Vegas connects to the ocean? I meant, like, I don't know. <laughs> Forget I said that. Okay. I don't know. Um, so it's... I, I This also feels a little bit like an internet cartoon to me. Like, this show... It's like it's a Disney is trying to react to the internet and take what kids are watching on YouTube and put it on TV so they keep the kid audience. Well, they also have um, two more eggs. Which is, I think, forthcoming. It's on there. Is it on there? It's on there. I tried to watch parts of it, and I just didn't I, understand what I was watching. I have not watched it, but that is from the people who did Homestar Runner, right? Yes. Okay. From the 90s. Uh, 90s is generous. From the late 90s. It's like calling the Simpson 80s property. Like, technically correct. Right. So, anyway, but it's from the internet, which had a very specific feel at that point. Mm -hmm. But these two things are very much close together. This is a more refined version of the internet. No one's ever said that sentence before. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, it, it does feel... Uh, because it's so low-tech low and because they went out and actually took hundreds of photos of a peanut and of a pickle. Um, Are they malt? They're hundreds of photos? Yeah. They're different photos. They're different photos. Oh, my. Yeah, they're different photos. But... It, it's a lot of olive oil. It is a lot. <laughs> it is a lot of olive oil. I mean, it's, it's just... It just allows it to be as surreal as you think it would be. I think having actual photo photos of it instead of being an animated peanut and an animated pickle just takes us there to the complete surreal place that they want us to go. Mm -hmm. I think if it were an animated 2D peanut and an animated, you know, 2D pickle, um, more like Mr. Peanut or something like that, where they had mm -hmm. like arms and legs in the normal sense and... I think you would not. It would not be as interesting. Yeah, and I think you know, also if they did more like a a Veggie Tales esque kind of like CGI, we did manage to go thirty episodes without man mentioning Veggie Tales. I'm sorry, so proud of us. I'm sorry, but <laughs> so if they went CGI pickle and peanut and made it more in that sense, I think it would be a different show as well. There's something about it being collage. And it's it's intentionally weird. Yeah. Without bringing attention to it, it's very. It reminds me of regular show a lot, also because they're okay. they're grocery items that work in a grocery store. Yeah. yeah. But no but one else's groceries. Kids. They're high school kids. Yeah, but you could still buy pickles and from the pickle. I'm sure, but he's mostly hanging out in their toilet paper fort in the middle of the store. Okay. I'm just saying that's. I don't. I don't know if you would. He'd be very helpful. Was that in the store? Is that what that was? Yeah, that was okay. a that was a toilet paper fort in the store. Okay. That they made. Did you not catch that? 
I knew they were in a toilet paper fort, but I guess I didn't connect that they were in the store at the time. Well, where were Having the, not seen this episode very much before. Where, would, where they, would the toilet paper fort be, then? They seem to live together at their apartment as high school students. I don't know if they have toilet paper forts there, too. It's just a weird show. That's a lot of toilet paper to buy. Why are high schoolers school going to, like, garage sales at trailer parks? I don't know. By themselves? Yeah. I don't know. It's How do they get in touch with all these octogenarian adventure people and cart them in on a bus? I don't know. That's That was... Uh, interesting turn of events. Yeah. Getting the gang all back together for to recreate these things, and we sense how insane 90s Adventure Bear actually is. Yeah, which... Who takes it all it real. Is. So yeah. I think that's where it got more adult for me, was how dangerous this character became mm -hmm. and how unhinged he was, and that's what got scary. <laughs> and I... I I guess it's why I do like the artistic choices in the show because they're so weird. They call it ten. It's I'm bringing it back up for Rochelle again. Um, it's Brecht's alienation effect is back in play. <laughs> okay. It's kind of making you realize how weird this is. And so you're kind of looking at nineties animated cartoon shows in a different way as they talk about them this way. That makes sense. It just is created to allow for that amount of distance. Yeah. And I think the, the theme song gets you to that point because the theme song makes no sense. It's essentially just throwing together a bunch of words and the situations. The pickle and peanut theme song, or the yeah, 80s and peanut, '90s adventure bear. The, sorry, the the pickle and peanut theme song okay. to the whole show, which is just like naming things and not, and then just ending up with a explosion of an RV, and you're just like, okay, I don't know what I'm. I don't understand what this is, but I don't think I'm supposed to. I wish I could get paid to write brilliance like that. It's amazing. Let's open a dictionary and pull out a word. It's, it's just fun stuff. Sunglasses. Pathology. Lamp. <laughs> explosion. That was an explosion. Mm -hmm. Now, this also reminds me of the photorealistic tiger from Uncle Grandpa. I've never watched Uncle Grandpa. I don't think there's much to rescue from that, but they have a similar photorealistic character, which is a various pictures of a tiger that they control. Mm. It's like the wise god of the universe, photorealistic tiger. Huh. I mean, that all, that harkens back to Monty Python. Yeah. You know, the yeah. cutouts. Yeah. Cutouts and moving the cutouts and having that sense. I feel like this is moving mixing everything that we've done so far in terms of 2d and having cutouts but because you have a real thing you're able to cut it out and then juxtapose it next to something entirely different and because it's real your brain kind of goes that's a real thing but you're juxtaposing it next to a cutout of a giant foot what's happening which your brain does not do during the jungle book open parentheses 2016 close parentheses that's right yeah Different animation. But Different. You, should, you should listen to our podcast from two episodes ago if you haven't yet to more understand that effect of not having your brain go crazy. Exactly. Mm -hmm. This Technical they, words. They want the crazy. <laughs> they want you to have the crazy. They want you to have the disconnect and, and just enjoy it, I mm -hmm. suppose. Enjoy the ride. Yeah, enjoy the ride. So final verdict. Artistic direction. Thoughts? Uh, I think what... What each show has is a very specific choice, and they've made that choice. Mm 
And when they make the choice specifically, and it's not something that they're shoehorning in later, they're saying from the very beginning, we want it to feel like this, we want it to look like this, and this is the tool, these are the ways that we're doing it. Mm -hmm. um, I think that's, each show is able to be a success because of starting it from that point of, this is a very specific, deliberate choice. Yeah. Story and art are conceived together. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's where things go well for them. This is the way we're creating it because this is the kind of story we want to tell. Mm -hmm. That's for me the final verdict. What about for you? I'd agree with all that. Um, no buts. No or buts. And. Ands. Okay. No buts, just ands. Um, oh, that sounds... No. Just I'd an strike it from the record. <laughs> um, just go on. Yeah, I feel like there's value to be had when you have a specific art style, but you have to start out with an idea that you pursue that with and then really explore every possible depth with that. Because if you just do a few jokes, you're going to reach the valley of, like, everyone's tired of your jokes. You've got to keep going and push through to, like, where everything is funny again. Mm. It's like a family family guy joke as a TV show where just you keep getting more when you expect it to be done. Got it. In a good way. <laughs> In a good way. Yeah. So, uh, oh. No, go ahead. What's your favorite thing? Uh, I was going to ask you what your favorite thing was. Oh, okay. oh goodness. Uh, my favorite thing was just... That 90s Adventure Bear show that they showed, the the, the t title sequence to that. I would watch the show. Mm -hmm. I would watch it. I'm pretty sure that I have watched <laughs> that show. <laughs> I think you have several times. <laughs> I would watch that actual show. The, the, the opening credits to their fake 90s Adventure Bear show. I just want to have you keep talking about your favorite thing while I do the theme song. So, oh, I, that, was, that was my final song. That was my final sentence. That's all I was saying. I was, okay. I was done. I similarly like part of 90s Adventure Bear. I love that one of his sidekicks is this like young fruit bat character. <laughs> and in the adult world, he's like this, this pierced vegan teenager or early 20-something who's grown up. And at one point, he starts to fly. And he goes, let these vegan wings carry me. <laughs> <laughs> Just can't fly. <laughs> and it's so funny. I don't know why. I'm just going to go around saying, let these vegan wings carry me. <laughs> so I like fall onto my bed to go to sleep. <laughs> oh, goodness. So, um, should we talk homework time? Homework! Next time, we're going to be talking about um, something you shouldn't watch. Well, you should watch, but only if you're a little bit older. Um, our show will be still appropriate for all ages, but we're talking about adult animation next time. Not specifically adult adult, but more like sh animation that isn't aimed specifically at children. Yeah. What does that mean? Why is that there? Why do we like it? What forms of it are there? And there are lots of forms. And, and what does that lots. look like over the pat over the years? Yeah. So. And there, there's a Wikipedia article about this. So you don't have to watch anything because there's a lot of things. I recommend watching clips from things. A lot of it's on YouTube because for some reason this has been forgotten-ish. Forgotten-ish? Ish. 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 Um, so no specific homework. Just do your reading. 
Perfect. As always, thank you to Nigel Patino for our audio engineering and to Jacob Reed for our theme songs. Catch us on the web at WG Animated on Twitter, facebook.com slash WG Animated, and check out any show notes and lots of links to the things we've been talking about at writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. Let these vegan wings carry me! <laughs> Good night, everybody.